Welcome to the Self Love Breakfast Club, where we have honest conversations about health, wellness, and of course, self love with amazing women who aren't afraid to give it to us straight. Real life, real advice, and no BS. I'm your host, Crystal Rose, and today I'm serving self love for breakfast. Hey there, friend, and welcome back to the Self Love Breakfast Club podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Rose. Thank you for being here with me today. So today we have a special little treat. So I was a guest on the Break Free from Binge Eating podcast with my friend, Victoria Kleinsman. Um, It was such a great interview. Uh, Her accent is amazing. (laughs) And so I wanted to share that interview with you guys over here if you weren't able to go over there and listen to it. Um, And it's going to be in two parts because it's a pretty long one. And I feel like you guys kind of like the biteable episodes a little bit more. So um, you'll get to listen to part one today and then part two next week. Or if you want to hold off and listen to it all together, you can do that next week. Uh, So that's what we're going to do. Uh, Aside from that, before we get rolling, the club is open, the self-love breakfast club club. (laughs) It's open, it's rolling. If you haven't made it in there yet, get your booty over to selflovebreakfastclub.com. Check it out. Let me know what you think. You know, if if it feels if it feels good to sign up, sign up. If not, that's cool. If it's not your thing, awesome. But I want you to know that it is available to you. Uh, if you are working on yourself, if you feel like you need more support in your personal development journey, if you want more tools, or maybe you've wanted to work with me before um, but haven't had the opportunity, this is a great way to do it at a really accessible level. So check out the club selflovebreakfastclub.com. And I really hope you guys enjoy this episode with me and Victoria. All right, Queens, welcome to another episode. I have a very special guest with me today. Her name is Crystal Rose. She is an entrepreneur, self-love life coach, breathwork facilitator, and host of the Self Love Breakfast Club podcast. She is dedicated to helping women to heal their hustle, make peace with food and their bodies, and step into their best selves. Crystal's passion and desire to create a massive impact stems from surviving a traumatic childhood, and she now uses the same techniques in her coaching that allowed her to heal. Rather than focus on the surface with mindset and behavior change, Crystal helps her clients achieve lasting results by getting to and healing the root cause. From high-level one-to-one coaching, her group um, program Pendulum, retreats in Italy, and a full-blown membership site launching very soon. I've heard about this on her podcast. Crystal offers multiple levels of accessibility in order to touch as many lives as possible. So without further ado, Crystal, welcome to Break Free from Binge Eating with me, Victoria. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. It's an honor to have you. And usually what I do is I jump in with 10 fire starter questions (laughs) (laughs) just to put you on the spot. (laughs) Great. Perfect. (laughs) Okay. So let's go. So question number one, would you rather do a thousand chest to floor burpees or run a marathon? (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, the burpees, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) I think I'm with you on that. (laughs) What's your favorite food? Mac and cheese. <laughs> mm. 
Would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? A little bit of both. Three things that you love. Ugh, my dogs, my husband, and wine. <laughs> oh, nice. Number five, finish this sentence. When I notice I'm experiencing a body image trigger, I... Take a deep breath. Mm. Breath, the healing breath. Mm. What is self-love not? Ooh, self-love is not narcissistic. Mm. I used to think it was as we were mm. growing up. We were taught that, conditioned yeah. to think that, oh, she so loves herself, like it's mm. a bad thing. Yeah. Um, if you could take three things to a desert island, what would they be and why? Um, something, a, a weapon of some sort <laughs> so I can hunt for food, a lighter, and my husband. <laughs> oh, I love that. I think I know the answer to this one already, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Dogs or cats? Uh, both. I have both, so. <laughs> what, yeah. what do you have? I have um, two dogs, so I have uh, like a lab mix and a little white like pity boxer mix. And I have a black cat that has uh, six toes on all his Aww. feet. So. Yeah. Gorgeous. He's been with me the longest, so. <laughs> um, okay, this is putting you on the spot. Fave quote or mantra, if you have one or two. Yeah, so I really like, I'm trying not to mess this up. Um, a life without passion is like a life without air. Suffocation is inevitable. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. I love that one. Thank you for sharing that. Yes, you're welcome. And <laughs> last but not least, I am so grateful that you are here and you said yes, but why did you say yes to being on this podcast? Well, um, the fact that you're helping women with binge eating is, um, I think amazing and really important. Something that isn't always discussed. Um, and we're always looking at the behavior. So I thought that this would be a good opportunity for me to come on and, and, uh, kind of give my, my perspective to it. Oh, I love that. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. going to add that to my list of questions, actually. I'm sure we'll get, yeah. get there anyway. Um, <laughs> Where to start then? So if you could give our listeners just a little bit of a background story as to how your life has enabled you to show up as the crystal rose that you are today. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I had, like I, you mentioned in my bio, I had a really rough childhood. Um, and I believe now, I think I spent a lot of time kind of stuck in it and I would get really sad about it and feel like I kind of got like, you know, the bad end of the stick. <laughs> And more so recently, I realized that the depth of compassion that I have is because of the way that I grew up. Um, and so I am very grateful for having that because if I didn't have the parents I had, if I didn't have the experiences I had, um, I wouldn't feel this way and I wouldn't be able to help others and bring others along um, on their healing journey as well. So that's, that's really that uh, <laughs> part of what makes me me. And, you know, I've just kind of stumbled along and been willing to make mistakes and try new things. I've probably had every silly, crazy job under the sun. I have the most random <laughs> employment history. I've started businesses that failed. I've started businesses that are successful and then left them. Um, yeah, I just am willing to keep going and keep betting on myself. 
Oh, so much resilience in there. And yeah. <laughs> did How long did it take you? I mean, not that it's about a time scale, but to realize how powerful you were or are and how that your life happens for you and not to you. Did you go through a messy why me stage? Uh, yeah. You know, it's interesting because when I was in my early 20s, I really kind of believed anything was possible for me because I had taken agency for myself and, and responsibility for my life. And so I genuinely believe that. Um, and I think somewhere along the way, I had a really rough relationship, um, and kind of just didn't really know where I was going, um, starting businesses, feeling like a failure. And I think it really took, uh, my healing journey happened, um, really a couple of years ago, just this, all of this is happening for me, all of it, even the bad, you know, and no one likes hearing everything happens for a reason. (laughs) No one likes that. Yeah. And it's not helpful, you know, when you're right in the thick of things, but, you know, I really genuinely believe that so many things along the path were so divine in their timing and just bringing me exactly to where I belong. And so now, even when things are, get a little rocky, I, I know that you know, it's either a part of preparing me for the next level or it's, you know, maybe even just testing me, like how how bad do you really want to do this? Oh, yes. I love that so much. And I can deeply resonate. I remember sitting on the bathroom floor in tears and my fiance, he's he's been into personal development a lot longer than me. And he mm. was there saying, you know, this is happening for you, not to you. And you'll look back and you'll be pleased that you feel this way. And all I wanted to do was tell him to F off. <laughs> Punch him in the nose. <laughs> exactly that but it it is so true isn't it like is there anything you would say if you could go back in time to your younger self would you say anything to her I I would tell her to start lifting weights early (laughs) hell yeah (laughs) I love that yeah being strong is fun (laughs) yeah I've seen your Instagram like I love I just love the way you work out we have very similar vibe yeah I I like that yeah (laughs) and can you share with us Crystal how you learned to love your body again after what was a botched is it cool scoop cool Cool sculpting procedure yeah I've not heard of that yeah okay so for those of you who don't know what cool sculpting is so basically it's a fat removing procedure and it's supposed to be all like um oh you don't have to go under the knife and it's less invasive go right back to work after you know a session. Um, and what it does is it freezes your fat and damaged fat cells can't live in your body. So over the next few months, it kind of gradually just leaves. Um, and so I decided that I was going to give myself a little head start. I had just started my fitness journey. So I was very much so in that like mindset of I wasn't skinny enough. I hated my legs and I just wanted them gone. And I thought this would be like a really good jump start and non-invasive and not as expensive. And so when I went, I definitely felt like not a little pressured. It was more of like, let's check off all of the parts of your body that could use the work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then suddenly I was ushered into a room um, and and they were doing financing and it was like, okay. And before I knew it, I had paid for this this whole thing. Um, And then when I went and actually did it, a few months later, I realized that uh, it worked too well. And so there were indents on the outside and the inside of my thighs. And there's some on like my sides too. So 
you can't fix that. You can't like, you know, spot reduce fat. Right. And so you can't also like put fat back Mm. in places. So I had these like kind of concave, um, spots on my outer and inner thighs and my inner thighs, it looked almost like a squiggle the way that it indented and then started up again. And I was so devastated. And I think the part that really hurt me the most was that, did I really hate myself so much that I would do something like this and then eventually ruin my body? I felt like it was ruined. And I went back to not wearing shorts. I went back to, you know, just looking in the mirror and just hating it and then hating the self-hate, you know, it was, it was a lot. And I, and I think somewhere along the lines, I, I don't know. I just, I realized that there are people out there who hate their bodies that are naturally that way, right? Like cellulite and just, you know, natural things that are normal. And, and here I am with something I did to myself that is not natural. And over time it began to just not be as bad. And I I was lifting and feeling strong and feeling good and um, really changing, like just how I viewed myself and realizing that like, Hey, I may have done this to myself, but like, I'm still beautiful and I'm still worthy. And to be able to overcome that was amazing. And it was really, really hard because it got really dark there for a little bit. And full, full disclosure, um, after I became comfortable with it and I was wearing shorts everywhere, I, I did decide to try to have it fixed. So I did have a doctor go in there with lipo um, and it's not perfect. It's still, you know, a little messed up, um, but it's a lot smoother than it was. And for me, it was more about erasing like that self-hatred, like that mm. obvious symbol that I needed to change myself. Mm. So yeah, it was a, (laughs) it was a tough, tough time. That's the journey. And what things helped, I know there's, there's many different layers to body Mm. acceptance because the deep, it goes very deep rooted, doesn't it? But like surface level and or deep stuff, what helped you to get from not wearing shorts and not going outside in shorts to gradually being like, you know what, this is who I am and this is okay. What helped you? I think it was like a variety of things because like I said, I had just started my fitness journey. So to me before fitness was like running endlessly on a treadmill mm. and like popping diet pills and trying to get skinny. Like that's all I saw it as. Um, and so I was lifting and I was getting strong and my, I started to appreciate my legs. They had always been bigger and more athletic and I never liked that. But when I could see what they could do, it began to just feel better and and it made me happier and and I also started to view um, view food differently I had this belief that their food was good and bad I believe that you shouldn't eat xyz if you want to look a certain way and when I was lifting I realized that I needed to fuel my body for if I wanted to be strong and so I did that um, and then I also found flexible dieting which really helped me view food as very neutral and it shifted that belief for me So I think it was like viewing food differently, viewing my body for what it could do rather than solely what it looked like, which is what I had done forever and realizing like, Hey, these legs are strong and what they look like does not matter. Yeah. I love that. And especially on your fitness journey, if anyone Mm -hmm. listening to this is wondering whether they should start a fitness journey, always listen to yourself. But I, from personal experience, if you start a new thing, it doesn't even have to be fitness, anything. If you've got a goal that's 
focused on um, strength or, I don't know, a pull-up goal or a flexibility goal, mm-hmm. something that you can work towards that's not based on what your body looks like. That that really helped me to have more of a strength and performance-related yeah. goal instead of I must be a size 10 with a big bum and then a, and then all the things that we put conditions on that we have to have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> definitely help. And let's talk mindset versus embodiment because yeah. in, on your website, I love what you said, that like the surface level stuff doesn't stick. And you've, as I introduced you, you just chatted about the binge eating and of course mm-hmm. the behavior change only works for a certain amount of time because you're not going right to the root. So how do you see mindset versus embodiment and what's the difference? Yeah. So for me, mindset is at the thought level, right? And, and there's a standard approach of thoughts drive your feelings, which drive your actions. And then that gets you the results, right? So we kind of fail to realize that there are beliefs that drive the thoughts and, and the beliefs live in your body. And so if you've ever, um, you know, listened to podcasts or read a self-help book and you're in the middle of it, just, oh, this is awesome and life-changing and oh man, here's the answer, right? I've never thought of it that way. And then you put down the book and everything is, is the same, Yeah, right? Like you can't like imprint a book in, into your life. And maybe you might've picked up a thing or two or something, a belief shifted in there, but ultimately you're just going to keep reading self-help books because you're looking for that next. Mm-hmm. Then maybe this person has the answer, right? And so what embodiment does is it helps you actually shift that belief that is driving your thought as opposed to just trying to just change your thought. Because if we could all just, we'll just stop thinking that way, you know, or someone has an anxiety, we'll just stop being anxious, like <laughs> calm down, <laughs> right? Like, well, okay, yeah, just change your thoughts. Sure, if I could have done that 10 years ago, I would have. It would have, but we have these deep rooted beliefs that are driving everything. And when we can shift that belief, that's when everything changes and the behavior will resolve itself. Mm, I am so much feeling that because I was one of those people who were, Mm. oh, I'll just take another qualification course. I'll just, then I'll be good enough, right? To start sharing this work. And then my fiance has been my rock through it all. And he's like, when is it ever going to be enough? And I was like, (laughs) After this one, then of course it and it continues and it does it just takes someone to hold a mirror up for you and be like, this is what's happening. When you're gonna start actually taking action and believing in yourself. And it's it's hard, yeah. but it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We I mean that happens a lot with business owners, right? Like mm-hmm. there's a goal. And then by the time you get to that goal, you've already set a new one and you're not even celebrating that goal you're already no I have to do this because I'm not good enough here I thought I would be but now I have to be there (laughs) it's I'll be happy when isn't it (laughs) yeah oh yeah and that happens with the food and body and business and all of the things yeah yeah how would you encourage so say a client comes to you and their limiting belief is I believe a lot of us have the same core limiting beliefs like I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy Yes. Everyone's different. I know that. How would you start to shift that within them, knowing that you can't just be like, oh, just change your thoughts and then you'll be fine? Yeah. So um, one of the things I like to do with my clients is inner child work. Um, I like to find out exactly where that belief originated because it could be as simple as 
you're in the second grade and a boy was mean to you, right? And as a grown up, you're not thinking about that because to us, we're like, that's stupid. Why would I care about something some dumb second grade boy said? But if you didn't have the ability to kind of deal with it and process it and heal from it at that time, it's like a stuck piece frozen in your body. And so it needs to be addressed. And so there, we all have these little parts and pieces inside of us, whether your parents were amazing or if they were, you know, not so great. There are things that come up through our whole life and childhood that are stuck with us. And we don't even know they're there because our brain is telling us, no, you're good. Don't worry about that. It's over. (laughs) Move on. Um, And so I like to bring my clients back to the scene of the crime, essentially. And we get to move in and love that part of them. And that is what starts to do the unraveling. Mm. I love that so much. I've done a lot of that myself and it can be Mm -hmm. difficult, but also the process can be simple and the the shift, the energy shift that feels like you've put your um, your backpack down or something, how I would describe it. And then it's almost scary to live in the newfound freedoms. Then you have to keep reminding yourself that, no, 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 it's okay. Like I am safe. I am loved. I am worthy. Mm -hmm. And the more we show up in that version of us, the longer it, it sticks and I absolutely yeah. love there's a quote I took from your Instagram and I love it so much I want you to speak to that mm-hmm. you said your higher self is not a better version of you it's not you plus this plus that what is your higher self I loved your definition of this Yes. Your higher self is you. It's you at your core. It's you without all of the conditioning and BS and stuff that, you know, society has put on you. We're always trying to like strive for this better version. Like I I have to do this and that and this and and drink a hundred ounces of water and do all this stuff and I'll be my best self. And no, it's remembering who you are at your core, your true self. And that is, that's the highest possible version of you. Mm. I always say if we think back, well, we can't remember, but when we were born, yeah. we were born loving ourselves. We were walking around naked. We didn't give a shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then now as we're older, we're like, oh, I can't wear shorts because I have cellulite on my legs. Right. Yeah. We were joyous and and we, you know, we played and had fun and it was simple and, and we were happy with ourselves because why wouldn't we be until something happened that shifted that for us? Yeah. So powerful. And mm-hmm. let's, Let's move on to body image specifically now then, Crystal. So do you think that, and again, I know everyone's different, um, body image, is it always focused on the physical body or can it be something deeper than that about how the person feels about themselves? Yeah, I, I genuinely don't believe that we really have actual body image issues. I don't think it has anything to do with how we look because, you know, how often have you seen people who look exactly the same or you know, or maybe they've gained a little bit of weight, but suddenly they're happy with themselves, right? Mm -hmm. It it has nothing to do with that actual physical. We just take it out on ourselves, um, our physical selves. And, And really a lot of that, I believe, has to do with societal conditioning. You know, if I don't feel good enough, well, why don't I feel good enough? Oh, that's the ideal woman. I don't look anything like her. Now I'm, I know why I don't feel good enough. I have to strive for that. And, you know, I mean, there have been times where I've looked in the mirror and been like, oh, I look good. And then an hour later, I'm in a bad mood and I'm like, ew, (laughs) I look in the mirror, you know, it has nothing to nothing changed between that hour. It's just, I'm, I'm not feeling so good inside. And so it's reflecting back to me. Mm, That's so true. Like body image 
it's an easy go-to for all of us to try and control something. Yes. Like it has nothing to do with your actual body. I love how you've said like an hour later, you can feel completely different. I used to get this from day to day, like, mm-hmm. and nothing actually tra- changes drastically in your body physically. No. Maybe someone provoked a little bit of anxiety in you, or maybe you feel insecure about your relationship. And then the easiest thing to do is focus on diets and body moves and attempt to control and be good enough for something completely different. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. And feeling unworthy. So say if you had a client who was feeling unworthy, was Mm. struggling to see their sovereign, them, who they really, really are. How would you show them who they really are? How would you bring them back to that sovereign, self-love, powerful women that we all are? Yeah. You know, I think that that is a process, honestly. I I don't think it's always a, this can happen in one session sort of thing. I I think, um, you know, bringing them back to like, I I love the inner child work for one, one big reason, because it's really hard to like be mad at a kid, right? Like you have this adorable little child and to be like, I hate you. You're not worthy. That's just, you can't do that. And so to bring that um, into kind of their vision, you know, this, this version of you, how can you not love her? Right. And start there. Um, and also just kind of like, where's the evidence, you know, and asking them, you know, your brain is saying these things to you. Is it real? Yeah. It feels really real. Right. But is it true? Mm. Is it true? And really questioning these things that are coming through and, and noticing like, Am I just, is that just my brain being mean or for some reason trying to keep me safe or um, is this true? And most of the time it is not true. Yeah, I love that. Finding evidence against what yeah. our, what we think because our thoughts aren't facts, even though it can feel that they are. We've told ourselves yeah. over and over and over again for many years, but then stopping to ponder that and be like, is, where's this, this is not even mine. This was, this yeah. happened when my grandma, this was personal as one of mine. My grandma said to me, oh, your legs are like tree trunks because I have big legs, Mm. big musty legs too. And then at that age, I think I was nine, I was like really confused. And I was like, oh, maybe there's something wrong with my legs. Then I took that, my child brain decided that my legs need to be smaller. And I held that for like 25 years. Yeah, that happens so much that, you know, are those words yours? Like, did are they even yours, you know? And they're usually not. We don't naturally want to be hateful to ourselves. We don't naturally want to put ourselves down. That's not really us. It's coming from somewhere, and but it's in our voice now. Yeah. Would you mind sharing like one or two of what you experienced as a child that you've had to like had to go back to and heal in order to move forward in self love? Yeah. So one big thing um, was that my father was pretty abusive, and so I watched him with my mother. Um, and then also when I moved in with him as a teenager, my mom sent me away. Um, he was abusive to me, and so that was a lot um, for a young little girl, and then also a, a preteen, kind of a tween. Um, and I was sent away to a therapeutic boarding school that was also very emotionally and psychologically damaging, um, kind of one of those like Paris Hilton type places. (laughs) Um, so there is that. And then just recently, um, I found out that my mother is bipolar and it made so much sense. So I had to kind of go back in time and, and view my childhood with a whole new lens 
And there was a lot of healing there because I was able to see, you know, as a kid, I, I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. I thought that I was, you know, if you could really see inside my heart, then you would know I was a good kid. Um, but my mother believed otherwise. And she told everyone else otherwise, and I couldn't understand it at all. <laughs> it was such a mystery to me, even, you know, decades later. And so when I found out my mother was bipolar, it was like this shattering kind of, of what actually was happening. And, and I got to go back and look and, and love that little girl who felt so unlovable and so unseen really. And so when I feel that pop up in my life now, you know, like feeling unseen, um, I know where it's coming from and I know why it's so extra activating to me and I get to go in and, and give that little girl love. Oh, I love that so much. It's just connecting mm-hmm. with the inner, the inner younger version of you, isn't it? And being yeah. like, it's okay. Yeah. Feeling in this way. We're not going to try and change it. We're just going to be with you. And yeah, you get to, it gets to be here. Like you get to be sad. You get to feel pain. Mm-hmm. You get to process. You don't have to make it go away. And, and there's a difference between feeling your feelings and then also getting into a loop, you know, a negative feedback loop with your feelings. It's, yeah. That's not helpful either. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think what has been going on in the personal development world is what you mentioned earlier about we kind of mind positive mindset our way out of feeling yeah. sad like oh no I'm feeling sad so wait it must be all my fault and just think positive affirmations but that's not that's actually abandoning ourselves isn't it it's mm. not allowing us to feel yeah we're placing judgment on the feeling and it, they're all it's all allowed right and we wouldn't have the joyous happy feelings if we didn't have the contrast of pain and 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 hurt and sadness and it's okay. Like we get to feel all that. And, and, you know, our brain wants to keep us safe. And so feeling hurt, we avoid it. Uh, feeling pain, we avoid it, but instead we end up suffering and that's why we emotionally eat or binge eat. And that's why we maybe have a workout obsession or go to drugs because we are trying to <laughs> keep ourselves safe and, and free from pain, just eat a little bit at a time. Yeah. Whereas the thought of the pain is worse than actually, in my experience, feeling and being with the pain. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can move through it pretty quickly if you just let yourself sit with it and Mm -hmm. be uncomfortable and let it be there and then love it. You know, thank you for being here. (laughs) I love that. If this episode hit with you, please go out there and share it. Share it in your Instagram stories, send it to a friend who might need it, or even just drop in my DMs on Instagram at Rose and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you guys. Thanks for listening.